BDFM. Welcome to BDFM. My name is D. I am B. I'm a uh, scientist and a comedian. Commie scientist. <laughs> a commitist. A Scientologist. <laughs> All combinations of those two words. I am a, a writer and I'm I'm a parent to to human children. I'm a parent to Dog mom, to plants. Many mom. many sprouting plants as uh plant mom. I'm a I don't have any house plants inside the house really. I'm focused on planting things in the full sun out here. Yeah, I don't have, you know, people have apartments full of pothos and pathos, philodendrons, lagos and artemis. <laughs> We're here Sounds to talk good. mostly about TV mm-hmm. or about issues that TV brings up. Every episode, we each choose some formative or memorable episode of television that we like for some reason and want to watch together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have a concept we've been thinking about throughout the week that inspires Sometimes us. It's just a fist fight for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes we have more intention th- yes. when we bring these and sometimes we have less. It's true. Sometimes it's a little bit randomized. But I'm sure a therapist would tell us that it's all <laughs> deeply meaningful. <laughs> Whatever we choose may seem random, but uh, we're actually sending in each episode. <laughs> therapists don't exist. They're just a figment of your imagination like ghosts. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I believe that every time we bring an episode to the table on this podcast, we are giving each other deeply coded messages <laughs> 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 embedded in whatever episode it is so it makes Ooh. it difficult to choose an episode because you know okay yeah it's like whatever i say it's subtle this is what hint. you really mean <laughs> well let's see what what these episodes mean Uh oh no because there could be code to this because the episode i'm bringing is literally called girlfriends so that might have some kind of coded message that to the fact that i'm sharing it with my girlfriend <laughs> but anyway you go first sure well yeah i i i worried to to read too much into this the episode that i'm going to bring to the table is arrested development season two episode 12 it's an episode called hand to god um is this after he loses his hand this is this is this this is the aftermath this This one deals with the aftermath of losing his hand um but it also deals with an ex-flame of michael's showing up and being pregnant or not oh julia she might be. Dreyfus? it's julia louis dreyfus as maggie lizer who awesome and oh god it's so kooky and there's some really funny guest stars is this in this episode her first episode or her return it's her return awesome i can't wait to watch that okay and i think this will go well together i want to watch flight of the concords um mm. i haven't watched it in so long and it's great this might be the first episode I ever saw because I remember I was aware of the name and I hadn't seen the show because I didn't have HBO at the time. And I went over to a friend's house and they put on Flight of the Concords. And it was like, it blew my mind. The greatest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen because of the songs they would break into. So this one is uh, season one, episode eight, Girlfriends. Mm. And I know it has that song, that fake French song, Fou de Fa, Fou de Fa Fa. <laughs> kind of forgot what happens but i think this is the one where brett's girlfriend tells him she has to ship out to the merchant marines or something (laughs) to get him in bed and it's like a role reversal kind of she's being a very pushy about sex kind of thing 
Oh, wow. Okay. So this originally aired in 2007. Wait, is that the same year as yours? Mine is from 2005. Okay. So Arrested Development was in its second season in 2005. So it was already over um, by the time Flight of the Concords. Uh, it was because it, because it had a long pause between its third and fourth seasons, right? Sure. But it's the same era, though. It's, same, it's yeah. the late stage Bush era where the economy was starting to crash. Definitely. There's going to be some Put into context. real blasts from the past watching this uh okay yeah so if you would like to watch along with us you can go to our patreon and there we post our watch along videos so you can uh, play the episode with us and listen to our sparkling and insightful commentary (laughs) during the shows although sometimes it's just silence as we watch and laugh (laughs) we're thinking about pivoting to video for the watch alongs so that it's just video of us staring blankly into the screen Chuckling. that you can have on one screen while Facially. you're watching the other. I, I don't know what the logistics of this it might. <laughs> it might be weird. We'll see. You can also subscribe at Garage TV. That's G-R-A-G-E dot TV, which is uh, our little network. And you can download the Garage TV app on iPhone or Android. And uh, and if you subscribe, you can get our watch longs for free. On the other hand, just keep listening and we'll Give you a recap of those episodes right after this break. See you then. BDFM is brought to you by Space Captain Pinball. Hey, listen, have your kids been asking you for Robux every week? $10 for 800 Robux. You know what that translates to? Nothing in game. Basically nothing. Your kid can get one tutu on this. Anyway, here's a new game you can play. It's basically a one of those handheld you remember those things you would hold it slide it around there's a ball it goes in the it's like a pinball it's like that it's it's nice for your kids to play with they don't have to buy a bunch of stuff if they do i found out you can buy you if you get enough gold you can buy some other stuff you can get the elements you're missing anyway it's a science game here's the point you get elements you go you bounce around you're a pinball you go here and there there's planets there's space things And then different things come out. You say, what's this? It's a balloon. It's full of hydrogen or some kind of element. It's amazing. Anyway. Sounds fake. I got the guy who invented it right (laughs) here to tell you a little more about this game. This is so meta because usually we put a joke commercial here. But this is a real commercial for a real thing (laughs) that you can find. And this is me, April Foolsing you into doing a real ad. Um, you can find Space Captain Pinball in the iOS and uh, Google Play Store. Yeah, if you're buying your kids Roblox, why don't you just give me that money? <laughs> Space Captain Pinball. And we're back. Welcome back. B. To the podcast. D. FM. FM. We just watched Means. Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. And Flight of the Concords. Two mid-aughts shows that were very funny indeed and that were very unconventional in their comedic styles. Flight of the Concords feels more like a spoof on sitcom structures in some ways than Arrested Development does because Arrested Development is a mockumentary. Yeah. Arrested Development is almost like a reimagining of the sitcom it it's, it's like it's being presented to you. I mean, it's being presented to us by a narrator, unlike The Office, which is 
just a mockumentary, just a documentary style show. But it's like we're seeing all of these things as if it's filmed by a documentary crew. But there's a there's right. a narrator that's explaining so things of to us in all these camera, meta ways. It takes the single camera ness of the office, mm-hmm. but it adds. Sort of an, a throwback, the old-fashioned narrator thing, which hasn't mm-hmm. been used in television for a long time, but then with a super modern editing style. And, yes. and most importantly, it's not like procedural or serial. It's more like long narrative arcs that last the whole season. Mm-hmm. And every episode is just like a slice of those long narrative arcs yeah and that's if you haven't seen arrested development before that might sound like well that's true of all narrative shows like no you don't understand though until you've seen the way that they thread a joke through a season and the characters refer back to these things that are ongoing it's just um Mm -hmm. it's it's done in a it's done in a different way part partly because of the the speed of the jokes and it's very the rapid fire kind of like callbacks and they get on a Almost like a a series of puns, like this one was Mm -hmm. all hand puns, Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of loose seal and like seal (laughs) jokes. Okay. Yeah, and Flight of the Concords, I think, is unconventional in some ways, too. It's a musical TV show where, God, is it like cop rock or something? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, Like it's a narrative story, and then they break into song like two or three times an episode, and they're all original songs. They do music videos for every song which is related to the theme of the episode. It's almost like what Seinfeld is to stand up. This is to writing alternative music because they're like wandering through life. I think Mm -hmm. they live in New York City and they're they're from New Zealand and they live in New York City and they're sort of fish out of water. Mm -hmm. You kind of see where the inspiration for their songs come from, much like Seinfeld does with comedy. Yeah, this one was, um, do, well, should we do a short um, synopsis of each yeah. episode? Let's, we'll sum each one up in uh, three to five minutes-ish, and then we'll uh, talk until we go hoarse from the, the pain of just a, <laughs> just a dry and parched throat. This is a great new ASMR <laughs> series that we're going to do. Well, you start with Arrested Development. All right, Arrested Development. This was season two, episode 12. It's called My Hand to God, and it is the second of a two-parter. It's like a 10-parter. This is like the yes, of middle course. of a 10-parter. Of course. It's the second of a of a two-episode guest star uh, spot for Julia Louis-Dreyfus, because she's only in these two episodes. Like, the, okay. Like, you know, but like like in the previous episode, she had come to town, and but there's so much going back, uh, you know, stretching forward from this episode and and back into all the previous ones um well, maybe it's also on her second day arc of working with jeff garland who was a movie yeah. producer that she sort of scammed her way into paramount or something yes and yes so now she's directing a movie or producing a movie even mm-hmm. though she's 15 or 16 yeah we've got to go back and, and now watch the first part of this <laughs> yeah Again, but, it's yeah. like we're we're just jumping into the middle of a four-hour-long story. Exactly. So, yes, 
they did both air on the same night on March 6th, 2005. So this is something that NBC sitcoms would also do. Arrested Development aired on Fox, of course. But sometimes oh, they if it was a big night, they would air like two one episodes long. as one long, an hour-long episode. Oh, okay. Um, uh, oh, I didn't realize this was the second half of an hour. So this is the one where uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus shows up and she has uh, convinced Michael that she is pregnant and that the baby is his. So he's trying to deal with the aftermath of that and decide what he's going to do about this. Meanwhile, Buster has lost his hand because he has gone swimming in the ocean and it's been bitten off by a loose seal wearing a bow tie. By the time Job comes over to Lucille's apartment, you know, Buster is like out of the hospital. He's got this hook on his hand. He reveals the hook to Job and Job panics, realizes that the seal that bit Buster's hand was the seal that he used in his act and fed cats to by accident, giving it a taste for mammal blood. So so he blames himself. <laughs> the third thread is uh, Job trying to catch the loose seal with cats on a boat. <laughs> yes. And maybe is directing a movie also on a boat. So there's a fourth thread. Right. Uh, Michael is trying to find evidence that Maggie might have another man in her life because he's trying to knowing that she is a liar he's trying to see if she might be scamming him so he's trying to keep an eye out for any other man he's trying to get George Michael to go into her house to look for evidence when uh, a cop shows up it's Jay Johnston best known for attending the January 6th riots um, he and the Sarah Silverman <laughs> show and there's a little bit okay, which he and played. He played a cop a lot. He he often plays a cop because he just sort of looks like a cop. And he sees Michael and George Michael. George Michael is just about to go into the house to collect some kind of evidence. And Jay Johnson says, oh, my partner is in there with his gun drawn. Don't worry. So it turns out the cops are paying Julie Dreyfus to carry a child for them. Yes. So they are both the fathers of the baby. Ultimately... We find out that Maggie was unable to get pregnant, so she outsourced the pregnancy to her client, who is who's she's in suing order, yeah, a food company for being overweight for having too many calories. Who needs to who needs to be fat for us for a to win the lawsuit? To win the lawsuit, she, has she to needs be to be overweight, so she's actually pregnant but pretending to be overweight. Whereas Maggie is not pregnant but pretending to be pregnant. Meanwhile, various times we get to meet uh, Ian Roberts the literal the the overly literal doctor <laughs> who says uh busty is gonna be all right because the left hand is gone so he's gonna be all right oh it's and terrible <laughs> lucille freaks out and tries to strangle him there is a three beat with lucille praying to god she originally had just in the end of the last episode prayed that uh something would be taken from them so that buster would not have to go to war and right after that, his hand is bitten off. In the second one, she she wishes she she prays to God that he will forget about his hand, and then he at that moment forgets about his hand and sinks it into Uncle Oscar's shoulder, <laughs> uh, causing him to rampage around the room, screaming, "I'm a monster!" Uh huh. Ripping down the curtains, um, and, and then eventually attacking Job when he cause when he confesses that it's his fault when job mm -hmm. confesses so in the hospital uh after the whole ordeal with the baby and finding out that the baby is not uh michael's michael and maggie still end up having sex because they're incredibly attracted to each other no matter what the very end of the episode uh 
implies that Maggie did become pregnant from this, but it is never again mentioned. Mm. And Good the third ending, beat though. of Lucille praying is... She finally prays. She just gets very specific and says, please take Job's hand. <laughs> yes. I think she just says, please take anything else that you need from us. And if you need to take another hand, please let it be Job's. Oh, okay. So then, then she's kind of like watching him and... Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a beat where Job's trying to throw cats in the water to hunt for the seal, but then maybe he's on a different ship shooting his boat and is going like, why is... Yeah, maybe is the one, actually maybe is the one who advises Job to tell Buster the truth. So that's where that thread li- went, is that... Uh, oh, and um, Uncle Oscar, who's actually Buster's dad who Buster found out in the previous episode yes. that he's his dad, but now he forgot somehow. Because yeah, he might. Trauma. He might have some kind of amnesia from the shock or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great episode. So many things going on, but really funny. <laughs> um, wh- one of the, one thing that I just wanted to note is that looking back on Arrested Development, you might think that Buster losing his hand is a whole episode and it's a whole thing like, and you know there's a story behind it <laughs> but it's literally on the episode before this it says coming next oh it, it shows lucille praying for the first time mm-hmm. please take anything from us so buster doesn't have to go to war and then buster running into the ocean to take one last swim before going off to war some guy <laughs> on the beach yelling lucille watch out for lucille <laughs> And <laughs> the seal biting his hand. So my point is that that it's a twenty-five to thirty-second yeah. beat. That's that. a huge plot point in the whole, you know, Arrested Development mm-hmm. arc. Is that Buster lost a hand and he's got a hook for the rest of the yeah. next three seasons. Yeah, and it's it's a like a less than a minute thing, like a little throwaway at the end of an <laughs> yes. episode. That's how they do it. It's like they they exaggerate the little things and they ignore the big things, kind of. Yeah, things are often revealed in flashback. It's like, actually, she had been doing that for the past year. <laughs> and then yeah. it just shows, the, you then know, they re- footage of, they you know. they stuff like that. Yeah. And it's part of it is like, not exactly, but you get the vibe that you're almost watching evidence against the family. <laughs> yeah. Because of the way it's put together sometimes. Sometimes there are meta jokes like footage not found. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Do you want to give a synopsis of yours? Yes. Then we watched Flight of the Concords 1 8. It's called Girlfriends. This one finds Brit and Jemaine. <laughs> Jemaine and Brit. It starts with them standing outside of a French pastry shop. Jermaine wants to go in and buy a croissant, but he needs a wingman. So finally, he convinces Brit to be his wingman. And then they go in and they meet two young ladies played by Eliza Coop and June Diane Raphael, or June Raphael in the credits. And they decide to go out on a double date. Meanwhile, Murray, their uh, their manager, who, if you haven't seen the show, he, he's just like an accountant at a government <laughs> office. And they go in and they have meetings for the band, and he basically never does anything. But Murray has played met... Played by the great Reese Darby. The oh. wonderful Reese Darby. Murray has gone to the hood, as he calls it, and met a... The ghetto? He calls you know it that the song ghetto. in the ghetto? And he met Quincy Jones' little brother, A.J. Jones. 
<laughs> and then we see AJ Jones is just like some Latino guy. <laughs> Doesn't even look like Quincy Jones. Obviously playing Murray. Murray is buying CDs off him of uh-huh. paying him to make CDs of the band. So then back to Jermaine and Brett, they go out on their date and their first date and basically Jermaine gets paired up with June Diane and there's no chemistry. And then Britt and Eliza are just going at it. They're just making out. And they start to play this gender role reversal game where she's being extremely aggressive and he's being very, he's playing defense. They have a second date. And on the second date, she tells Britt, well, she brings him back to the bakery and she's pressuring him for sex. And he's saying, no, he's not ready. And then she starts saying this line about, well, it doesn't matter if you're ready because I'm shipping out to Iraq tomorrow. <laughs> I'm in Delta Force and I'm going to Operation Sand Freedom. <laughs> she said, I might have to take one for our countries. The least I could do is take one from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she also gives this line. Don't you know if a girl gets aroused and doesn't climax, she could be physically damaged herself? <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I might not be able to have children. Um, um, which is, the, you know, the classic blue balls line. Yeah, it it's all it's all like an after school special. It's all about stuff that guys, yeah, would say to try to convince someone to get laid. Anyway, Brit, his sex with her. Wait, does he? The yeah, way he put it was, you I had forgot. sex on me. Yeah. She's basically, she's grinding him into the table. Yeah. And um, I, it, I think it's implied that they had sex yes definitely so the next day oh and then there's this awesome scene with jermaine and june diane raphael where he meets her on the street and she's jogging and he's like um oh little background jermaine is interrogating brett as to how he got this girl to want to have sex with him yeah yeah and brett's like it was terrible i told her i didn't want to have sex and that just made her want to have sex more yeah so So it did work so it did work. <laughs> so Jermaine runs into June and he's like, I don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> and, and she's like, okay, I don't want to have sex with you too. And then he's like, what was it again? One of us did and which one of us did and which one of us didn't? It's this very awkward conversation. It's hilarious where she's trying to neg her sort of into wanting yeah, to have sex it, yes. in a sort of sweet way. Uh, and it will not work. She's just like... She's no. like, yep, I agree. <laughs> Don't want to have sex. <laughs> so the next day, they're like, well, she shipped off. Uh, oh, Brett, Brett's having a... T- <laughs> Jermaine goes into the bathroom, and <laughs> Brett's like, can you get out? I'm taking a shower. And then the camera swings around, and he's just sitting clothed, under, like sobbing under the <laughs> shower. It's so sad. Yeah, it's such a cliche. And then they, uh, they're walking down the street, and they, they walk past the bakery. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, the girl is still there. And Britt walks in and is like, I thought you were leaving. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, it's tomorrow. It <laughs> just becomes obvious she's lying. And then she's, like, whispering with her friends and basically laughing at Yeah, Brett. she had told him that she loved him. <laughs> yeah, and then she Apparently. mocks him. It's great. She's just playing a bastard. 
Yeah, and then and Jermaine's like, you're attracted to, to bastard girls. Yeah, and then he said, she wasn't right for you anyway. And Brett was like, yeah, she wasn't good enough for me. And Jermaine's like, no, she was too pretty. <laughs> you should be with someone less pretty. <laughs> Meanwhile, Murray has uh, made the deal with this scammer and bought a bunch of CDs, but finds out the boxes were full of sawdust. So he's bought, <laughs> he bought a few CDs, but most of them were sawdust. Oh, and he sells one CD of the Concords. It's the only Kristen Shaw appearance in this episode. She has no lines, but she oh, bought a CD. I didn't. I did not even notice. Eugene Merman's in this. Kristen Shaw, Arge Barker, the great supporting cast. But anyway, they didn't sell any CDs except one to Kristen Shaw. And then Murray's like, "Now if I can just find someone to buy this sawdust." <laughs> and I think that's it. That was a great episode. I have not seen very many of them. There's two songs. Fa. Oh, it says Fa doesn't have any real meaning in French, though it resembles something like crazy about the fafa. Anyway, crazy about there's fafa. There's a restaurant called Fou de Fafa. Wait, is this real? In France? Now there is. Now there based is. Based on this. So Fou de Fafa, if you haven't heard, is sort of a 60s style little French pop song. But they don't speak French, so it's all like high school French words like pomplumus, baguette. And at one point in the middle of the song, she goes, parlez-vous français? <laughs> there's a big pause, and then Jermaine goes, uh, no. <laughs> and yeah, then the second wow. song is called A Kiss Is Not A Contract. <laughs> that one's sort of a slow ballad. A lot of Gainsbourg. So it's, it, yeah, it's say. very Serge Gainsbourg episode. Everyone, everyone kind of scams our heroes in this one. The mm. girl scams Brett for for six. Yeah. That guy scams Murray for, for CDs. In they Germany. always end up kind of lower than than they started. Like well, each episode, kind of. They're never depicted as successful. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. The band in the show are depicted as losers who don't know what they're doing and don't succeed at it. Contrast that with the fact that when this came out, the band became mm -hmm. huge overnight. And then Jermaine was like a movie star. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to Brett, though. He's around, right? Well, he's alive. I haven't seen him in anything. Hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing their HBO special, of course. That was the first thing I had seen of them of theirs. And Oh, really? Um, oh, so you saw the special? It includes a lot of songs that are in the show, of course, in uh, later iterations. But I think it's yeah, it's from what, like 02 or 03 or something? It was before the show? I think so. Based on when I saw it, I believe so. Oh, okay. There's a Play the Concords Live in London, right? That's from 2018, though. Yeah. That's not the one I'm thinking of. I have never seen that one. But there's one called Flight of the Concords One Night Stand. Okay. It's a half an hour HBO special. BDFM is brought to you this week by Gold Plated Bidet. Have you been have you been using toilet paper like a goddamn troglodyte? Some sort of Neanderthal living in a cave in southern France? Have you been just transporting disease and bacteria, oozing viruses and like this cloud of dust like pig pen on peanuts <laughs> because you've been using toilet paper. Hey, guess what? Stupid. 
it's time to spring for a gold-plated bidet. Gold-plated bidets, they start at $10,000 a week for the rest of your life. <laughs> but if you don't have one, you're a filthy, disgusting animal. I'm just reading the copy they gave us on this piece of paper. Gold-plated bidets. Prop yourself up and, and join the Illuminati like the rest of us. Gold-plated bidets. Sprinkle your butt with gold. <laughs> yeah, so how does it relate to uh, Arrested Development? Well... There are a lot of unsuccessful losers on Arrested Development as well. Yeah, I mean, Job you know. could be <laughs> their opening act. Yeah, Job is you know trying to be a performer and constantly failing. He's doing kids' birthday parties with a seal. Job at this point is out of the guild. <laughs> he was once a part of a magic guild. By the way, I didn't know who Will Arnett was. I didn't know who Tony Hale was when Arrested started. Mm-hmm. So a lot of lot of new talent was in Arrested Development. Same same thing mm-hmm. for Flight of the Concords. Like Kristen Schaal came out of that, and she's has mm-hmm. a huge career now. Arch Barker is a stand up. Eugene Merman mm-hmm. sort of started on Flight of the Concords, although he was a stand up before that. Reese Darby. Both else? both of those should be said are Aziz both of those are on was on Bob's Burgers together. Well, it was a time like you said. It was at the end of the Bush era. There's something about that informing the tone of both of these shows. They're both very wry and very knowing and sarcastic, sardonic type of shows. Um, Flight of the Concords has a lot, has a little bit more like heart in some way, but it's not, they're not ending with the characters being in a happier place usually. Yeah, they're sort of lovable losers. Both of these shows sort of paired the way for It's Always Sunny. I mean, I think that started in five or oh six or oh seven but it's almost meta tv because it's aware of tv both these shows are trope aware of tv tropes they're trope aware mm-hmm. as they say and are using tropes to sort of deconstruct mm-hmm. the sitcom in a way yeah the one by stepping out of it and playing music is sort of a deconstruction and also just having ron howard narrate what's happening Mm -hmm. no yeah like there are kind of interstitials in that way they're not musical in arrested but they're there are little interruptions yeah even playing with the previously on and next time on yeah they would introduce like i've kind of said that they would introduce new plot points Mm -hmm. in the next week on yeah next week on would not be on next week yes it was just more information. Yes, exactly. And sometimes they would even, uh, they would like freely and gleefully show you two or three different versions of something. They would go back and show somebody like saying something and again and again, but it, it, you can tell it's a different From shot. Different perspective. It's shot yeah. a different way. There are episodes uh, where they say next week, this is going to happen and it has some, someone saying something. And then something like that does happen in the episode, but it's, uh, but it's not exactly that. They, sometimes they kind of play with it. It's yeah, it's fascinating. One time they said next week one of these people will die, <laughs> and they show a bunch of the regulars, and then they show some random old lady <laughs> you've never seen before, <laughs> and then the next week they go, oh, it was her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what was happening? If, so it was the end of the Bush era. In a way, both these shows are about wealth from different angles. Mm, like mm-hmm. Arrested Development is about a wealthy 
family who's rotten from the inside. The 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 family is mm. rotted away by wealth in a lot of ways. Yeah. Wealth has corrupted them, made them soft and made them mm. dependent, unable to cope with the world. And on the other side, Flight of the Concords have no wealth. No one pays attention to them, even though they're earnestly trying their best. Yeah, they're so broke. In a way, is. they're yeah, they're they're just stuck in anonymity, even though they're hmm. good guys trying hard. And then, I mean, that's something we should talk about as the good guy because that's the whole thing with Jason Bateman in Arrested Development. He has this idea in his head that he's a good guy right mm -hmm. and they said that a lot they said he was a good guy and because of that he just kept getting scammed by maggie yeah oh yeah of course he and he keeps allowing himself to for no reason he well be, well codependence is the reason yeah. he keeps committing harder and harder to her he she keeps, she like keeps her, baiting him keeps... to be like well you don't want to go on another date with me i mean like come on and then he'll be like yes i do and then <laughs> exactly. he's like, what am i doing like, why do i say that even in this episode to the point at where she's already he's already found out all the stuff that she's lied to him about this baby and he goes i'm not going anywhere baby <laughs> it makes no sense she's like you're probably going away now and he's like i'm not going anywhere baby. <laughs> why did i say that oh my god oh um, yeah it's so funny but that is kind of who he is he's like you live by a code like it may be stupid but once you decide on this one thing this is what you do he's always like he's a very upstanding character so he feels himself to be and it's skewering you know good guys from two sides because he is a good guy who is mm -hmm. tripping over his own feet because he mm -hmm. he's getting in his own way because he's trying to be he's trying to be good when the things he's doing aren't aren't right <laughs> aren't, <laughs> like it's not good to be with someone who keeps scamming you i mean like given how he grew up what we know about george senior and lucille and how the, the the ethical framework that they built for their children, and how far off most of them are, well, and just like knowing what's right or wrong with work ethic or ethics. But I feel is trying to do the right thing. I feel that Michael has just like uh, just absorbed from his father. Like, well, it's important to like be at work, and like that's all he got from his dad. But he and so he's desperately has tried to mold that into like his own work ethic. But really, it's. You know, he's just, a, he's such a um, fearful character. He's such an anxious character inside, but he has all this outward, like. He does have good ideas. He yeah. just. We see him. Yeah, we, we definitely see him running the company better than anyone else can. Yeah. And his dad kind of is, his dad and mom are, are kind of purposely torpedoing the mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't understand why. Sure. Like they're yeah. trying to protect him. Yeah. He, he wants to just be a good business guy mm -hmm. and he probably would be but everybody's his his uh siblings are torpedoing the com company out of greed but his parents are torpedoing the company out of his own interest because mm. they know that the feds are yeah looking to lock somebody up yeah so i don't know i, I guess in the same way for the concords or they have good intentions but they keep shooting themselves <laughs> in the foot Although yeah. I don't know if Jermaine has good intentions in this episode, he's just portrayed as wanting desperately to get laid. Sure. Well, I don't know. Do you think that there is a difference in tone in comedies from this era and versus now? I'm talking about fifteen years ago for Arrested Development, and you know, twelve years ago or something. 
for this Flight of the Concords episode. And I think there was a a comedy trend at the time towards absurdism. Things being at, at, at once more absurd, but also more cynical. And I feel like now a lot of our more popular shows are a little bit kinder. Less cynical? Not as cynical. Um, as we live in the Ted Lasso era of <laughs> uh, cynical TV. Yeah. Or like, you know, like, I mean, Reese Darby is uh, it now stars on Our Flag Means Death, which is the Ted Lasso of pirate shows. You know, and yeah, it's, about, it's about a team working together and like, so it's mostly about um, characters being uplifted in different ways. The drama doesn't as much come from interpersonal, cynic, cynical, um, like anger, <laughs> in the same way as is this you the know? the height? Is this the uh, the crest of the wave of Gen X cynicism? <laughs> like this might have been the height of Gen X power because sure, like we didn't write The Simpsons or Friends or Seinfeld. We yeah. were in our thirties in the aughts, so mm -hmm. we were the ones writing TV, and we were writing mm -hmm. uh, meta TV that was self-aware that it mm -hmm. was TV, and also cynical of people's communications and and uh, yeah. motivations. A Thirty Rock is another great example of this this time. Yeah. In comedy, uh, razor sharp, rapid fire. And like, Tenacious I remember when D. I would watch Arrested Development and 30 Rock, um, I would be like dying laughing. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't keep up with the pace of this. The jokes are so rapid fire because they were, you know, slightly ahead of their time. Now the pace is like. Then millennials took over in the tens. Mm hmm. Y'all. <laughs> took over and um, we all and wrote Steven Universe and a bunch of soft uh, it's not as cynical but still things. kept the fast pacedness I think you'll see the fast pacedness in shows mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. today especially kids shows they're like joke 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 it's like constantly yeah. things happening like Adventure Time that's true Steven Universe there's there just goes so fast it's uh, it, yeah sure it's almost hard to but yeah, without the sort of meanness, I guess it was our generation, or, the, maybe the meanest generation. Maybe there's something about I think that therapy trickles out into the world because I think a lot more people have gotten therapy over the last fifteen to twenty years than probably. Well, as a Scientologist, I <laughs> tell you that, that therapy doesn't exist. Um. Is that the third? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, the, you know, people learning to be s more self-aware. Yeah. Or less judgmental. Less judgmental themselves. personally and, yeah, and of themselves and each other. Like, you can see how, like, this fool is a, is a good example of, I think, a hybrid of those styles. Los Spookies is another where sometimes you might expect characters to fight or have a, more of a conflict than they do, but they'll end up kind of understanding each other. There's a kind of like solidarity that it's okay to write characters with. Now it doesn't have to just be people yelling, you know, like you know, like the 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 improv cliche of like just starting with something being a fight, being an argument is there's like it was a no no in improv, you're right? Not supposed is, to, yeah, you're not supposed to just argue. Hmm. You're not supposed to just deny and say no and have an argument. Yeah, although sometimes it can be fun. Sure. 
No, you take the other side. I'm trying to argue uh, no. with you. I'm trying no. to start a fight. Uh, no, you're not. Wait, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> no, you're not, honey. <laughs> I came okay. here for an argument. You're just denying everything I say. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. That's not arguing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that old st- uh, Monty Python sketch. Remember the argument sketch? Oh. Oh, man, so good. Michael Palin, I think it was. Oh, um, um, Easter is coming up, by the way, which means we got to watch Life of Brian this week in celebration. Like we do every year. Easter is coming. I hear the bunny. Where will you be when Jesus comes for vengeance? <laughs> this summer. This summer, Jesus himself out for blood, (laughs) second coming. You won't see him come the (laughs) first time, much less the second. (laughs) Uh, What did we learn today? What did we learn? Gen X was cynical. Millennials, millennials were less. But it's just a coping mechanism. In both cases, neither one is right. Both of them <laughs> are fucked up. And when it comes to writing comedy, you've got to make a joke every five point zero point five seconds. Yep, that's what it's all about, folks. It's all 0. about being as fast five seconds as fast as you can. Like this podcast, the joke density of this podcast. That's BDFM, everyone. We have analyzed successfully. We've analyzed our fucking brains out. Episodes of TV in the books. Two more down, and millions uh, to go. Millions. We're thinking about you know who knows. You never know what what you're gonna get when you tune in. We might do two devastatingly sad dramatic episodes of tv next week might be this is us Ugh. and fucking uh uh what's that sad show Grey's anatomy where that guy dies remember oh. when they play that song you sound like my worst improv teacher who was like <laughs> you know improv doesn't have to be funny it can be dramatic sometimes just why don't you just go up there and try not to be funny and try to do a dramatic scene i was like fuck this <laughs> I'm paying you to teach me how to do a fucking funny improv scene, <laughs> not a dramatic irony on stage. Ugh, didn't like that guy. I'm not going <laughs> to say his name. Because you're cynical, man. You're a Gen <laughs> X. Yeah, maybe you guy. haven't heard our generation is cynical. 
Okay. All right. Thank you for joining us. You can join us again next week. You can join us on the social medias. They're all on our link tree. I don't know if you know about that thing. It's a tree with links on it. It's linkter.ee slash pod. I don't know if that's really worth even looking at. You can just type it into Google. Twitter, BDFM. What is it? Pod. BDFM pod at Twitter. BDFM pod at Instagram. Patreon. I think it might just be patreon.com slash BDFM. Pod. Pod. <laughs> okay. It just is. put a pod on there. Put a pod on it. Or you can find us at Garage TV. That's the Garage TV app. is downloadable at the iOS store and on the Google Play store. Or go to grage.tv, garage.tv, and uh, you can listen to our episodes there. You can uh, subscribe and get the watch-alongs. Or just listen on your podcast app. Just do what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing it right, you you're know? You're doing great. Just, uh, you're doing, stay the course, dude. Don't just, switch horses in the middle of the Just uh, keep looking stream. forward. Keep that vision board. Keep stay, looking at that vision board. Stay in the place of peace. Stay believe, in the place put of a, love. Write believe on a piece of paper and then slap it. Right, Put it above your door and slap it like fucking Ted Lasso. Say. And, and say, I believe that one of these days we'll, we'll get cynical again and stop with these stupid shows that believe in people. Ugh. Tired of it. Let's go back to the meta aughts. Spirit of cynicism. Spirit of cynicism, please use me today <laughs> to do your good works. I swear I am up to <laughs> nothing sincere. <laughs> All right. Okay. Mischief managed. <laughs> Mischief managed. We've got to cynicism go. managed. This has been BDFM. I've been B. No, I've, I've been D. Damn it. <laughs> I forgot. I've been D. I've actually been B. I was lying before, too. And as always, the FM stands for... Fragrant Melodies. Fragrant Melodies. Here's a fragrant melody. (laughs) 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 I was going to try to really fart, but I'm glad that you just did a mouth sound effect instead. I'm just a... Just your walking Foley friend. <laughs> That's what I call you. <laughs> Foley friend. BDFM. <laughs>